This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles Podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living. With our first story for today's episode, written by Melanie J. Newby, Karmic Dating, A Trap or a Teachable Moment. It was a crisp, wet night two years ago in our nation's capital, the day after Valentine's Day to be exact. I was shaking off the residue of heart-shaped chocolate and red roses, and my eyes had finally dried from crying my too-single self to sleep. Too much? Okay, fine. It was the still night after Valentine's Day, and I was pretty excited to be going to a meet-up women's happy hour event, wherein we had the opportunity to mix, mingle, and shred photos of our exes. With my picture in tow and looking particularly dapper, I was fully equipped to make a few friends and grab a couple of numbers. With Pharrell's get lucky on repeat, I stepped out of my car and walked briskly to the hotel where the event was being held. In the middle of my walk, however, I heard clear as day a voice in my head say, don't go in there. It stopped me dead in my tracks. The voice of my intuition is a voice I have grown to not just decipher, but to respect. At the time, though, I figured this voice might have been nothing more than typical doubt creeping in to discourage me from being social. Why talk to women in person when I could hop on the millennial wagon and swipe from the comfort of my own home? Either way, I had heard it and promptly ignored it, stepping into the hotel bar with nothing but curiosity and positive expectations. The night started as expected. I ordered my usual old-fashioned, wore my name tag labeled single, with pride, and scanned the room for friendly prospects. After about an hour of window shopping at the vendor tables and making small talk, I grew a bit bored. Everyone seemed nice enough, but no one particularly stood out to me. And then it happened. I was in the middle of yet another small talk conversation when the most stunning woman I had seen the entire night walked through the door. As soon as I saw her enter the lobby, the room went quiet, just like in the movies. I could no longer hear, nor did I care what the person in front of me was talking about. I instinctively knew that this woman was special and that I had to know her. It was as if my soul was already familiar with hers, almost primitive. Once I snapped out of my trance, I apologized to whoever I was speaking to and made my way over to the beautiful stranger. I extended my hand and introduced myself. What I got in return was a firm handshake in the name Layla in a thick British accent. I liked Layla. Layla and I had an instant connection. We spent the rest of the night dancing, laughing and mingling with those who would one day become our mutual friends. I remember stepping outside to talk more privately and soaking up every story about her that she was willing to share. Four hours later, I learned that she was in D.C. on a business trip, that she was in grad school for creative writing, and that she preferred berry-flavored juice for her vape pen. She also was not actively looking for a serious relationship. I, of course, was determined to change that. I offered to drive her to her hotel, where we talked in the car for yet another hour, The night ended with a number exchange and a kiss on my cheek. 
Layla left for London three days later. What began as a chance encounter quickly transformed into a whirlwind romance. We spoke every day for the next three months about everything under the sun. Some nights we spoke till 5 a.m. Some nights we didn't even sleep. I couldn't get enough of Layla. Our connection was not only undeniable, it was inexplicably strong. In fact, we had the same train of thought so often that we nicknamed each other's members from NSYNC. It seemed I had met not just my soulmate, but my twin flame. It was almost like looking into a mirror. I wanted to see her again, and Layla agreed to come back to D.C. to visit me and meet my family for Memorial Weekend. Our bond grew all the while stronger, now that we were face-to-face and our connection quickly grew passionate and intimate. We toured the city, she was a hit at the party, and we had a seamless flight down to Atlanta, where I showed her my new place and we made new memories. My family loved her and we were smitten. I had finally found my person. It seemed too good to be true. Unfortunately, it was. We decided to make our relationship official on June 1st. I had planned a trip to visit Layla in London for my birthday, and I was ecstatic, to say the least. When I had arrived and settled in, however, I was met with a very different Layla. I had wanted to keep the momentum that we had built from our last visit, but instinctively I could tell our energy had shifted. Where things were once carefree, there was now expectation and a potential for disappointment if those expectations were not met. I believe this shift was due in part to the label we placed on ourselves, as well as the change in our environment. I saw the stress of Layla's lifestyle firsthand, the demands of grad school, an unfinished novel, a soul-sucking day job, and a woman utterly tired of London's overwhelming grind. I quickly realized that the person I was falling in love with was someone I'd only known outside of this context. The once radiant, easygoing connection with a woman with whom I shared such a strong bond was turning very difficult, and my mirror was beginning to crack. Layla and I broke up in the beginning of August shortly after I returned from London. She told me that although we looked great on paper and we felt like we were compatible, something just wasn't right. I agreed. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew this wasn't the relationship we'd set out to make. Long distance only made it worse. Because the stakes were so high, once we were finally allowed to see each other, what should have been a fun experience quickly became too serious. I was disappointed, yes, but I knew instinctively that it wouldn't be completely over. We decided we would remain friends, however gray that friendship might be. Over the course of the next few months, we continued our usual virtual interaction. The label of girlfriends lifted, but our bond no less deep. We continued to finish each other's sentences and talk to the wee hours of the morning. During that time, however, Layla met someone else in London. And so the unspoken love triangle began. I wasn't much too concerned about this other woman. Layla knew me and I knew her. We had our bond. We were soulmates, twin flames. We were in sync. My confidence had grown into denial, however, and in January of the next year, Layla was forced to make a decision. She didn't choose me. The heartbreak was a pain I knew all too well. More than anger, confusion overtook me. Hadn't she said to me two days before that I was her home? That she'd rather be with me? Was it all a lie? Suddenly I remembered that voice from the night we'd met. 
don't go in there. Is this what the voice was trying to get me to avoid? What did God know about this path that I didn't? Maybe it was a path I didn't want to go down. I took her decision as a sign and made a game plan to move on. When June 1st, 2020 rolled around, I was not thinking about Layla. Much like the rest of the world, I was too preoccupied with the unfolding of the global COVID-19 pandemic. So when I opened up WhatsApp to a text from Layla asking if I was okay, my heart skipped a beat. We'd barely spoken since the fallout back in January when she admitted that she and the other member of the dreaded love triangle had been girlfriends since October. I wanted her to be fully present in that relationship, and I wanted to heal. But I answered that text, and the conversation spilled into a phone call, and we found ourselves in the second cycle of what I now see as a karmic relationship. Layla filled me in on the months I'd missed, the toxic and abusive relationship, her manipulative partner, the regret she felt for choosing her over me. I wanted so badly for her to know that she was forgiven, that I'd still wanted her all this time. I'd still felt our connection spiritual even though we hadn't interacted in the material world. I wanted to make it work, we dove back into our relationship, picking up where we left off, this time with scars and wounds to tend to. It felt just like the first time, back on the honeymoon of carefree infatuation. For two months, we addressed everything from the fallout, the abuse, the aftermath, our unbreakable bond in our future. We said we loved each other. We danced around the idea of marriage. And as quickly as we were together, we fell apart exactly two months later, same as before. The PTSD from the abusive relationship was too much for Layla to deal with while being with me, so this time she had to choose herself. I understood, but on a deeper level, I understood that this was karmic. How else could I explain two years of dating for exactly two months? Almost to the day, it felt like our relationship was on a hamster wheel, unable to move past the beginning stage, although we both knew instinctively that we had so much more to give each other. So again, we broke up. And again, I tried to move on. Which brings me to this month, July 2021. Having not had any contact with Layla since last September, she reached out to me last month. Are we surprised? To check on me. It was as though my soul expected to hear from her in June. Not something that I can logically explain, but something I can only understand on a spiritual level. I have to say that although I'm not entirely sure what the lesson is to be learned by our experience... I do know that Layla is a woman that my soul is forever tied to. But it is also why I have never feared that she would be completely out of my life. My soul knows that will never happen. Perhaps that's why my intuition warned me to stay away. Perhaps she already knows how this will end. I suppose the rest of me is waiting to catch up. Melanie J. Newby is an actor and creative entrepreneur based in Atlanta, Georgia. She is most known for her work on AMC's Halt and Catch Fire, Fox's The Resident, and HBO Max's Doom Patrol. She is the founder of Theological Junkyard, a spiritual jewelry line, and thoroughly enjoys finding the magic in the everyday life. Our tarot card poll for today's story is the Five of Cups, which speaks to emotional loss. And for this story in particular, it speaks to the constant loss that Melanie is going through in the karmic cycle. They always get to a certain point and then things end. That two-month mark, 
there's a block that is keeping them from being able to get over that hump. And until it happens, it will evoke this feeling of loss. This card also speaks to forgiveness and tapping into the lesson in order to continue evolving forward. As Melanie mentioned, the pull is too strong for Layla to leave her life completely. But as the karmic lessons are addressed, new behaviors are introduced and an evolution of the spiritual connection can evolve. The Five of Cups is that karmic lesson. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Stay with us as we bring you another story. This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living. Back with our second story for today's episode. Written by host Imani Quinn. A sister and a friend. Friendship is a sacred union. There is so much intention that goes into the growth of building a friendship, and it gets far less credit than it deserves as being one of our most intimate spaces of love. When we met, we were in Venice in this restaurant that looked like a little house close to the beach. The sun was out, but the wind was blowing. We were on the deck dancing. I was minding mine transplanting myself to another realm as I usually do when I get the chance to move my body and embrace my inner joy. She was dancing next to me and the joy was infectious as she began to join in on the moves. Dancing turned into talking. We talked about her work in the health space specifically for women and I spoke on my spiritual practice. We shared in heartfelt stories about going through our Saturn return and the moment came when we realized that we liked each other enough that we could be friends. We also discovered that we both lived in the valley, and when you live in Los Angeles, your neighborhood can really determine a friendship. If you have to go over the 405, that friendship may not make it through too many 45-minute-plus drives. But we were down the street from each other. She mentioned that she had been calling in a friend who lived in the valley that she could go dancing with. And that is exactly what we did. We'd go dancing, enjoy music, and teach each other the wisdom that the other had to share. Before our second meeting, I tapped in to see what the guides had to say about this friendship. It was obviously kismet. I mean, she called me in. But I wanted to know more. Spirit told me that she was filling the space of an old friend in my life. Sophia had left my life a few years before, and now Isabella was coming in. Sophia was a friend from high school, college, and beyond. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. We called each other sisters and made it official on Facebook. I even spent many Christmas Eves at her house growing up. Sophia's family is from Peru, and Christmas Eve was a huge celebration filled with tamales or more traditional Peruvian food, pisco, and lots of laughter. Sophia would send me Valentine's cards from Oregon to L.A. She knew my deepest pains and my highest joys. She had been there for them all. So when we had a falling out, it was painful. She invited an ex of mine to stay at her and her husband's place while my ex was passing through town. I felt so betrayed and she wasn't remorseful, so inevitably our friendship ended. We were also going in different directions in life, with lifestyle, goals, physical location, and this moment was symbolic of a piece of my adolescence leaving my life. And it left a big hole. 
I missed her for years. I would dream about her and still do. We even ran into each other at a wedding. She attempted to speak to me, but I was still so upset I couldn't break the karmic tie of betrayal. I couldn't let go. I couldn't forgive. So in walks Isabella. She is French and Mexican, has a fire sense of musical taste, and I found so many remnants of my friendship with Sophia in the one with Bella. She came with me to Mexico City for my 30th birthday. We dressed up and sat at the window at this quaint little restaurant in Condesa and ate decadent shrimp tacos and the most amazing dessert. My minimal minor in Spanish from university pales in comparison to Bella's fluent Spanish. So when I didn't understand what was in the dessert, I stuck my nose up at it. She insisted that it would be amazing, and it was. It was a special birthday. Such an intimate moment of friendship. The pure sweetness of adventure and new stories shared between sisters. She felt like a sister, just like Sophia did. In my life, it has always been my mom, my childhood best friend, Faye, and Sophia. And now it was my mom, Faye, and Isabella. I would spend many Sunday mornings at her studio apartment. The windows would be open, the sun would light the room. She would have guitar music playing. It felt like we were in a little villa in Spain or Portugal. She would come out of the kitchen, arms stretched with a fresh made berry spinach smoothie and oatmeal pancakes. Whenever I was going through a hard time in the past before Isabella, I would book a flight home and spend a few days with my mom and Faye, and I would instantly feel restored. But once Isabella came into my life, if something emotionally horrific happened, I would just go to her place. She became home. She would play the guitar playlist, put essential oils in my palms, have me breathe in the peace, and she would give me a hug. Once the pandemic hit, it instantly changed a lot of people's lives. Isabella was going through life-altering changes, and so was I. But it was beginning to feel like these changes were pulling us farther apart instead of together. I was desperate to not lose my sense of home and our friendship. But the more I held on so tightly, the more she slipped through my hands. She didn't even know why she was leaving. But she was. It was a silent departure. Here I was again, finding myself resentful, just like with Sophia but for a different reason, but same feeling. We still shared a circle of friends and every once in a while she would say, I'll reach out when the time is right. She never reached out. I missed her all the time, just as I did with Sophia. Life was changing rapidly and I was sad because I felt like the same karmic pattern that ended my friendship with Sophia, I couldn't stop it from happening with Isabella. Eventually, I ended up at another event, this time not so close to the beach, but it was sunny, a little windy, and I was dancing. She was there. I had a feeling she would be. She said hello a few times, small talk, a bit of avoidant eye contact. She left and said goodbye, at which point I realized I hadn't even had the chance to tell her. I moved, and I was living even closer to her place now. I pass her studio apartment every time I go to Whole Foods. I thought about texting her and thought, why not? I don't have any reason for not communicating with her. And if she doesn't respond, I'll be okay. So I did, and I told her I had moved. I was close by, and maybe we'd run into each other at the grocery store. She gave me a little doorway. She said, maybe we could catch up sometime soon. There was so much hesitation in that maybe. 
I paused. My ego told me all the reasons why I felt hurt by her and could keep my distance. But my love for her sisterhood prevailed, and I said I was available any time, and pushed the metaphorical energetic door wide open. I went to a reader shortly after, and I asked if she thought Bella and I would ever be close again. And she said it's a new beginning and won't be the same as before. You have changed more than you even realize since the time you were last in each other's lives. I pondered on that for a while. I had changed. With Sophia, I couldn't move past the feeling of betrayal, and we had both changed so much that she became a part of my adolescence. With Bella, I changed the karmic pattern and let go and forgave enough to completely open the door. Unconditional love, when in the right time, can do that. I found out after reaching out that her mother had passed two days before we ran into each other. Once again, our meeting felt kismet. No wonder I completely opened the door, because even without knowing, I felt that the sisterhood was more important and may not lead to us being close again. But I stepped forward with love because I couldn't before, and now I could, and that changes everything. Our friendships are sometimes the most romantic and intimate sacred spaces that we have. They hold so many of our precious moments, heartbreaks, celebrations, and love. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the Eight of Cups, walking away from disappointment and looking into deeper introspection. This makes so much sense because the karmic pattern that happened in both situations was that I was deeply disappointed and sad for the loss, but mostly disappointed that they didn't rise to the occasion. They didn't hold on the way that I wanted them to hold on. Sometimes paths change and it's okay, but it's really hard when that means dynamics changing with the ones you love. And there was an opportunity for me to handle the disappointment with grace the second time around. And I'm really happy that I did that because then I got to re-experience the love that was always there. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. That's it for today. If you enjoyed our guest story, you can catch us fireside with the author on IG Live at Imani Rachel Quinn on Instagram. And if you feel inspired to share your own mystical story, you can share with us on our website at imaniquinn.com at the submission link under Modern Mystic Chronicles Podcast. Big love. Imani. Imani.